The 2022 fantasy football season has finally arrived. And with that comes the long-awaited season two of Football on the Rocks. This year, we will bring you every week our borderline fringe starters, our busts of the week, and our DK or DraftKings stacks that we like to make sure your millionaire team is ready to go. Don't forget, we'll always talk about our bourbon or beer just to make sure you're enjoying a glass or two. Without further ado, here's your show, Football on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff, joined by one of my counterparts tonight, John Merrick. Uh, Bobby will be joining us just a bit later uh, in the show. So uh, we're going to start a little different than we have in the last couple of weeks. We'll start with our DraftKings just analysis, some stacks and some things to pay attention to. Uh, John, how was your week last week, bud? Well, Vikings shut the bed, so. Mm-hmm. That never feels good. I feel like they, there's a lot of things that hopefully the new coaching staff learned that they shouldn't do. <laughs> but uh, you never know. Like don't cover a wide receiver in the first 10 yards. Yeah, like that's that should be on the agenda of things we're going to fix moving forward. I mean, we were like – I feel like we were pre- prevent defense the entire time. Yeah, well, at least Justin Fields is our quarterback. <laughs> We got that. How many yards did he have last week? <sighs> I think he threw the ball like 13 times. Yeah. I mean, it's... Kirk didn't throw the ball well, but at least he was allowed to throw the ball. Yeah, there is that. Uh, I think he hopefully learned a little something too. I mean, on offense, I we don't need to get into it, but I can tell you my analysis of the drive that we had from the 10-yard line in and somehow found a way to throw another interception. Um but, uh, but yeah, it, 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 we ran three of the same plays three times in a row, and they blitzed us twice and basically screwed us up both times, and we still didn't, per, like, change it. I mean, come on. Like, the, come on. That's coaching as much as it is poor decision-making by the quarterback. So, there is that. But we got yet another week, and I'm still excited about the Vikings prospects for the season, uh, or at least moving forward. I think O'Connell could be a decent coach, but time will tell. So to start this week, um, how we're going to do it is we're going to go ahead and dive into the DraftKings analysis early on in the show, and we'll finish with our weekly uh, kind of our borderline players as we've discussed the last couple of weeks. So first, we're going to go into our our weekly contest. Uh, we had a couple extras this week than we did last week. Um, I was actually in it this time, which is always helpful, uh, but we started uh, – no 87 our new orleans fan uh he won the uh the group so he gets himself uh an entry into the bourbon contest by the end of the season uh and if you look at his team he started with a little bit of a surprise uh, but cooper rush was his quarterback um he did not have a stack um, but he hit on a couple players uh tyree kill amon ross st brown scored literally like Sick, uh, let's see, was that 45% of his points? <laughs> so that's a, that's a good start to say the least. Um, but uh, overall, he had a decent squad. The winner of the three of your experts was John. Uh, Jay Merrick took second place overall, first amongst the experts at 151.18 points. Um, overall, I know you could have had a little bit of a better day if you would have chosen it differently. I'm sure you would have. 
Uh, in the millionaire game, for those that are always asking how those go, this week's winner um, had a pretty solid squad. 284 points that, again, is on that higher side uh, that you're going to see. But he did stack Tua with the double stack of Tyreek and Waddle. And if Tua and those kind of guys blow up with a, de- uh, a game like that, that's just going to happen. Not only that, but he came back with – not came back, but he had – uh, Chubb and Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he he literally hit on a pretty much top scorers at a bunch of these positions. Um, and they also had uh, Mark Andrews had the top scoring for tight ends. Uh, Jaguars defense got him 21 points. I mean, just overall hit on some some big pieces. Uh, the team itself, this is something I've been trying to figure out how to, how to build the squad. Uh, but overall, I didn't overspend, I don't feel like, for anybody. I mean, 7,100 was his most expensive player. And that was Chubb and Hill were both 7100 bucks, um, And he, he mixed in a cheaper guy, uh, Dortch. I think I mentioned him last week. He was 3500 He had him. He, he got him 15.5 points. So, you know, good a good value there. So, overall, that built a pretty good squad. Uh, again, the guy's name, uh, Mad Cow 65 So, congratulations to him uh, and his newfound million dollars. So John going into this week, um, definitely a different, you know, uh, type of slate, I guess you could call it going into this week for what we have in the millionaire game. But is there a stack out there that you like that you'd like to talk a little bit about? Yeah. Like the, uh, winner last week, I want to do a double stack this week. I think we're going to go off of the hot hand on, Monday night with the uh, going up Washington. So good matchup for the quarterback and the wide receiver to go with Hertz and a double stack of AJ Brown and Quez Watkins. Um, I think it's just, we're going to see a lot of scoring from that offense, a lot of upside with Hertz with the rushing ability. So I think he's going to be startable and in a lot of um, high end lineups a lot for a lot of the rest of the year. I agree. I think he'll be used a good bit. Uh, by people and his price isn't too bad but I think the the thing people like about a guy like him is just the floor right I mean you can expect he's gonna get those rushing yards you know and you're gonna get about 15 at the on the low side I feel like out of him in the top side you might have another 37 38 point week yeah I think he's good in money games too where you want that high floor yeah do you have any other stacks you like I got one I'm gonna talk a little bit about and it's uh it's definitely a, a little unique, but I'm going to talk about why I like it here in a second. But anybody else you like this week that you want to mention before we get into mine? Uh, how about you go New York? I feel like there's a lot of good stacks, but. Yeah, I agree. I think there can be. So I'm going to go with, uh, and this is definitely not, I, I shouldn't say definitely not. I mean, I, I, when I look at building these teams, there's a lot of different ways that I go. I actually had a different stack picked out. I'm going to talk about them in here in a second. Um, that I wanted to touch on because I do think it's another good one. But my stack this week, ironically, like, I don't think if you would have talked to me at the beginning of the year, if I would I would have ever said this. But I'm going to go with a New York sorry Jets stack. Is that is that shocking a little bit? <laughs> I mean, I, will, I wouldn't um, call that a good idea. But yeah. Well, let me tell you why it is a good idea. All right. So. If you look at Joe Flacco, number one, if I were to tell you that Joe Flacco's averaged over 300 yards passing and averaged um, at a minimum, he's had 44 attempts passing each of the first two games, you would have probably told me I've lost my mind. There's no way that that would have happened. Okay. Now, maybe the attempts because you figured they'd be losing. But, dude, this guy's been fairly efficient. All right. 
last week he scored 30.9 points in a comeback victory against the Jets. The first week they lost 24 to 9 against Baltimore, which Baltimore is a very, you know, solid defense except for what Miami just did to him. But 309 yards passing and a touchdown. That's 18.4 points. I can get Joe Flacco at $5300. Okay? So in my price, I'm like that's money. But then let's talk a little bit about the people I can stack them with. Now, you have a lot of options on stacking, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people are going to be on Garrett Wilson this week just because he's he's a fairly inexpensive price. But I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit now. His overall points, like he's averaged 21 points a week. Really, it's, it's ballooned by the 33 he had last week. I'm going to talk more about the targets. The guys had eight targets in the first week, 14 targets in the second week. So it's not one of those that, you know, he's uh, John, you mentioned earlier in the year in the podcast, there's always going to be a rookie wide receiver or there's going to be a rookie out there that people are going to find. And he's going to have a, a bust out year, dude, the, the start. I mean, I'm telling you, it could be, it could be Garrett Wilson. I mean, that's what 22 targets. Is that right? 22 targets. The first two weeks, it's averaging 11 targets a week. Like, I don't care how good of a ball catcher you are. You're going to get some points. So he's 5,400 to go with him. Go with Eli, uh, Elijah Moore, who a lot of people kind of had picked out as the number one wide receiver there. He's had 12 targets over the first two weeks. No touchdowns yet to talk about. And if you didn't want to do that, dude, Corey Davis. The guy is just solid. Ten targets the first week, four the second week. Last week uh, he caught two balls, 83 yards, and a touchdown. That I mean, again, I feel like you have a lot of opportunity to stack, double stack, whatever you got to do. And those guys are all at fairly good prices. And then you come into, if you really want to get specific on your stacks, how about this? Tyler Conklin, 3800 bucks, and he has nine targets and seven targets in two weeks. I just think there's a lot of options to build a fairly cheap stack, which will allow you to actually spend money on the guys that we know are going to do well. The Cooper Cups, right? The Stefan Diggs. These guys have had great seasons. Tyreek Hill. So far as the year, those guys become options at the cheap stack that you can start with. Yeah, I just look at Flacco. I mean, last week, I just look at that as a fluke. If Chubb does what he's supposed to do and go down before going into the end zone, then Flacco has under 15 points. Yep. But he didn't. Yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking for lightning to strike twice. Strike twice. Well, and, and my point is, like, okay, I, I do understand what you're saying. That there's definitely a depression of points there if that doesn't happen, right? Um, but it did. And if I'm looking at just overall gameplay, how many times do we talk about the stacks that win? Or, like, last year I feel like Jared Goff won it in, like, week two or week three. But he scored 90% of his points in just garbage bullshit time because they were down by 30 points. And the other team just, you know, whatever, we go do your thing. Like, they probably played backups and golf went off like 35 points, right? So they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are going to give them everything they got. They're going to go out for a win this week. And they've just not been great. Like, overall, I feel like it's it's probably going to be the Bengals up by like 10 or 15 Flacco's going to be throwing the rock. Like, you know, I just think there's a lot of opportunity. Again, yeah, but the Bengals, the Bengals have been one of the better defenses against quarterbacks so far this year. So it's not, it's yeah, not they, like it's but, an easy cakewalk okay. matchup. It's, I like what you just said, John, but you do realize the quarterbacks they've played against Cooper Rush 
And in week one, they had Pittsburgh, which, you know, your favorite guy, Trubisky, come on. That's yeah, not is Joe, is Joe Flacco better than either of those? No, I'm not saying that he is, but I am saying that the opportunity is there and he has good receivers. And he's have two games in a row, 300 yards passing. You can't tell me that's a complete fluke. So I'm not saying it's the best stack. I'm saying it's an affordable stack that will allow you to get some other pieces. And if history repeats itself, then you're going to love it, which you never know. I mean, he uh, got against Baltimore, he got 18 points on 59 passing attempts. Yeah, and that's that's tough. So but even, he, that but, vol, even that volume doesn't give you guaranteed production. No, but it does give you the amount of points you need from that position to be valuable. At that price, at 5,000, you need 15 points from your quarterback. You're saying yeah, in the but, game that he threw 59 times, he only scored 18 points. Well, dude, that's, that's enough for the price you're getting him at. Then, you, you know, you, you have more money to spend in the other positions. That's where I'm saying it's the value. I'm not saying it's the right stack that's going to win you the week, right? I mean, this week we got Josh Allen in it playing against Miami. Dude, that could be a freaking shootout. Buffalo's defense has been great, but, you know, hell, it's Tyreek Hill, man. You never know. So the All winning right, I think stack. We've, I think we've hit our time limit on talking about the Jets. Well, maybe. But you get the idea. That, well, and that's why I'm moving on to Buffalo-Miami, right? So the winning stack is probably – it could very easily have – you know, Allen and or Tua and some combination of that game. But what I'm saying is that price of those players, like, I mean, even Tua has gone up in his price. But um, overall, like if I really want that stack, which I'd love, right? I mean, Buffalo, like you're looking at 8,200 for Allen and for Diggs at 77. Like that's just that that eats up every price you have. Now you got to look and try to find a cheap running back. And there's just really not any of them out there. Yeah, but if Allen outscores Flacco by 20 points, then I think that makes up for the extra, you know, 2,500 yep. you're spending on him. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that if, if he's able to do it. Um, and he probably will, so there's that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, again, as you build your teams, when you look through the, the DK stuff, there's a lot of different ways to build it. Um, you'll hear some stuff from us tonight on some, some players we like. And uh, I've already touched a little bit on mine. I'll give you a little bit more statistics later. But um, as far as just what to prepare your teams for and what they look like, pay attention to our bust of the week as a, as a big one as we go into um, talking about those pieces. But uh, for the DK stuff, that gives you a little bit of idea. Hopefully gave you some good information. Anything else you want to add to that before we move on to the next? Don't start Joe Flacco. <laughs> Thanks, John. Bobby, I think you're here. Yeah. Have you made it? Bobby, are you drinking tonight or what? I know you had a little. Yeah, I'm. I'm door. going out to my. Uh, Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> my Alexa was doing an alarm for me. There you go. Remind me sure to get stuff it. ready for the kids for tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Um, I am actually going out to my beer fridge right now. You can uh, come along with me on this journey. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. It is really fun. I am going straight for my IPAs. I actually have uh, a, a nice little uh, plethora of options these days. I have a really good Oktoberfest that I picked up from Spiral Beer uh, called Foxtoberfest. One of the best, uh, I will say, one of the best Oktoberfest beers I've had a long time. Got a couple sours in here. 
uh, that I'll be featuring later on this this uh, this year, probably towards the end of this month, early next month. Before we get into the the fall time, I got some peanut butter porters and other things like that that we can get into. But tonight, I have from Loose Line Brewing uh, down in Plymouth, Minnesota, or thereabouts. Um, I grabbed their double IPA Eagle Mountain. Uh, it's 8.3, uh, alcohol, um, got cashmere, Eldorado and citrus hops gives it a really nice smooth flavor. It's got some like peach melon and guava tones to the, to the, uh, taste and a, a really, really nice mouthfeel. Um, very good beer. I'm going to, I've had three of the four of these over the last couple of days. Uh, that Vikings game kind of took a lot out of me that way, but let's crack this baby open. There we go. I'll get into that right now. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, you have to let us know how that tastes. Tonight, I went back to kind of an old love, as I like to call it, uh, piggyback rye whiskey from Whistle Pig. Um, I don't know if you've ever had it. It's the it's the only one that's that's not a crazy expensive. Uh, Whistle Pig likes to to price up their stuff a little bit, but uh, very solid drink. I whenever I do a rye, I don't know if you guys are the same with ryes or not. They they have a little bit more of a kick, kind of that first sip's a little bit warmer. I guess you could call it. That's kind of the way I look at it. It's a little bit warmer of a of a first drink. So anytime I drink a rye, I typically put the ice obviously in it, but I I, I do add some water. So I like my rise with a little bit of water, kind of just dilutes it just enough to, to make it a nice, smooth, easy drink. Um, but the piggyback's a solid bottle. A buddy of mine in the neighborhood got me a bottle the other day. That's um, kind of a uh, But anyway, uh, for the, the twins, this is – I love the, just the simplicity of what they have on the bottle. On the back, it says classy or classic, spicy, and spontaneous. Here's the piggyback ride. You all <laughs> So I love that a little bit. It was good, but uh, definitely a solid, solid uh, uh, cocktail of choice. Uh, John, you got anything in your glass? I got nothing, but it sounded like Bobby just fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah, it's usually what he does when he starts drinking. So we've got to watch that. <laughs> I was grabbing the dog's leash. You just, you know, you're trying to do 17 things at once. I mean, we're not. Well, I we had a fun night tonight. My uh, my father-in-law just got done pouring a new uh, patio slab and everything, so we had to run over there and get the kids' handprints in it. Oh, that's cool. That's that so, is busy, busy night. But uh, we got back home, and now I was gonna let my dog out, but he has apparently no interest in that. But he might make an appearance later on when he starts barking to go outside. Very nice. All right, well, let's get started uh, with our kind of borderline players at each position of the week. Um, let's let's dive right in. Uh, Bob, we'll let you kind of get settled. John, do you want to start us off with your quarterback? Yeah, quarterback, I got Derek Carr going against Tennessee, who's allowed six passing touchdowns and over 500 yards passing. Um, cars averaging 38 passing attempts per game. So I expect, I expect that there's going to be that continued high volume play against a defense that's on the decline um, and bottom four against the QB. So I think he's kind of that, I think he's ranked 13th. So I think he's that kind of 
low end that maybe in some leagues you can pick them up and um, I think a good start this week. Nice. Good. All right, Bobby. Um, I have Jared Goff as my uh, guy to go with this week. If you're streaming somebody playing against the Minnesota Vikings, um, that's not the number one reason. Really, the, the main reason is that if you look at how many points this team is putting up, they're actually, uh, if I remember seeing right, they have the most points of any team um, in the NFL through two games. Who would have guessed it? Um, they also have one of the best offensive lines in the league right now, just a bunch of maulers up there. And uh, it's, it's allowing Jared Goff a little bit more time. He's got one of the top wide receivers in the league in uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, and he's not getting any worse. Um, you know, the, the Vikings, they've only allowed one passing touchdown all season um, through those two games, and they played two really good quarterbacks. But I see Goff being able to get at least two, uh, maybe three touchdowns. This offense just puts up points. He has six touchdowns throughout the season so far. Um and so I don't know that that's really going to slow down. Like I said, two, three touchdowns is, is very doable for him. And, you know, 275 to 300 yards, we're right in that 20-point range with that kind of a, a line. Good. Very good. All right. Well, mine this week, and, I, you know, after all the shit you guys gave me, I decided, like, so what I did is I looked at the rankings, right? And the first guy I thought, you know what, let's see, who do I want to talk about first? And I go down the list, and it's like, okay, Tom Brady. All right, well, I might talk about him. But he's 11th, and I didn't want to hear this whole, like, oh, Neoff always, Joe always picks the guy that's, like, borderline my ass. Like, everybody's starting Tom Brady if they got him. So I decided not to, to talk about him, um, even though he was the guy that I kind of initially picked up. Well, Instead- Tom Brady's 10, so you couldn't have picked him because we're trying to go outside top 10. Well, I, I looked in here. I see him as 11th, as the average. He is 10th in some other guy's thing, but his average was 11th. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I start going down the list, and I, I don't really think Wilson have a good day. I don't think Card. I'm not really in Tua. Like, everybody thinks Tua is going to be great. So I didn't – I actually think he could be a, a bust this week. Uh, then there was, like, Wentz, where we talked about him last week. Rodgers I've already talked about before. Mariota, hell no. Goff, Bobby, he kind of picked out. Lawrence, eh, you know, John, whatever. Well, uh, Joe, yeah. I think you spent your minute, so the time's yep. up. Yep. John wins. Anyway, the guy I picked is Flacco. Real quick, 300 yards average over uh, 300 yards passing last two games. 30 points last week against um, Cleveland. 24 points averaged uh, per week. He is currently the ninth-ranked quarterback in the league overall in scoring for uh, for fantasy football. I have him as a uh, startable quarterback this week if you're streaming. That's it. So Bobby wins. Sorry, John. John wins too. I knew I lost. Joe, you you named every quarterback and why you didn't choose them. What? Mm-hmm. what just edit well, the reason why, Bobby, out. is you missed it earlier. I already talked about Flacco on the stat. Edit, like. edit that part out. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so I already talked about. It, so I didn't need to go in too much depth, but I was just trying to get to the fact of why I picked him versus other people. That's fine. I don't give a shit. You guys don't have to like what I picked. Um. John, who'd you have again? I see I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> that means I win. <laughs> who'd Bobby no, have, Joe? Bobby had uh, Flacco. <laughs> Bobby had Goff. 
see that I had a couple of bourbons before I started, so there ain't no telling what this is gonna be. Bobby Goff. I don't really want to pick Bobby's guy, but John, you don't really give much to go off of. Um, I don't think Goff will have a great week this week. Uh, I, I think and hope, I guess, the Vikings will make some adjustments coming into this week. So I don't, I don't really like him as my favorite. John, did you have Lawrence? Derek Carr. Oh, Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Carr a lot better than I like um, Lawrence. So there wasn't no uh, nobody I, I picked like, Lawrence. I feel like my pick. Or, I'm sorry, uh, golf. Let's move on, guys. Let's Holy move God. on to running back. Let's get, yeah. Hi, <laughs> Joe. Tell us about tell us about your running back. How about right. and just that running back, not all the other ones around him that you didn't pick. <laughs> I feel like no matter what happens, I'm in a lose lose situation with you two. Well, I'm you kind of put yourself there. So I mean, I didn't try to put myself there, but you know, you're already it. you're already 20 seconds in. All right, all right, fine. Uh, Tony Pollard. He's the 30th ranked running back this week, according to the rankings that we use. Um, I like him this week, just looking at uh, progression here. So last week he had nine carries to Zeke's 15. Uh, he had seven targets to Zeke's one. Um, so overall, I just think that the transition, uh, he looked more explosive in that game. If you watched any of it, uh, the transition of the Pollard to taking over the majority of that backfield work, versus uh, Zeke is going to happen a little bit faster. Um, the other piece I'll mention is they are playing the Giants, which they are okay against running backs. I think they're 19th in fantasy against running backs. Um, but the running backs that they've played so far this year is Henry and uh, CMC, and CMC, the more versatile back, had a much better game. Uh, I think this would be a decent game to watch on Monday night. I like Pollard myself. Nice. John, what you got? Oh, first, last time. You go second. Okay. Uh, I went with Brees Hall this week. Um, He's starting to emerge from that backfield. He's getting a little bit more work as the weeks go on, a couple more snaps each week. Um, It's evening out a little bit on that end. We saw him heavily used week one, uh, getting six receptions, only 38 yards. Um Against the Browns, he had one catch for 10 yards, scored on that one. He averaged 7.1 yards per carry against Cleveland, 3.8 against Baltimore. Um, so, I mean, you give him the ball, he is getting you a good chunk of yardage. Over the course of the season, I just see that number climbing up and up and up. They're playing against Cincinnati this week. They're still trying to figure out what their identity is after this uh, Super Bowl hangover. Um, and they, they're coming off a game where they just allowed Dallas 96 yards and a touchdown, um, to their running back position. I see Brees Hall having a very nice game again this week, very much flex worthy. And as the season goes on, I can see him being solidly positioned into your RB two slot. Okay. John, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going a little bit deeper down the well for my pick and going with the 41st-ranked running back and going with McKissick against Philadelphia. I think he's being involved in about 50% of the plays this year. Most of those are all their passing downs. So I think we saw that last week with seven targets and seven receptions. I think he's going to continue that and have that really high floor that you want from kind of an RB2 or flex spot, especially if you're 
have some question marks that you're on with running backs and you really just kind of want consistency. I think he has a known role other than kind of some of the other running backs in that 30 to 40 range. So I think him against Philadelphia, who's been bombing the league um, against running bottom 10 league against running back. So I think it's another kind of five to eight target game to give him that high floor. All right. Um, I'll just jump in right away. It's, you got Tony Pollard and, and all of Joe's ramblings against McKissick here that I'm looking at. Um, I, I like Joe's arguments a little bit more and just a little bit more confidence behind some of the statistics that were coming there. Um, I, if I'm looking at those two, um, and after hearing everything there, I, I like McKissick, but if I have Pollard, I'm, I'm going to have to go that way. Well, yeah, he's well, rated, 40, 12. He's yeah, rated 12 high. It's not <laughs> yep. who's doing, who's going to do better between those two. It, yeah. I'm saying Joe had the better argument and like what, it's, what you said yeah. didn't, didn't outweigh that. Yeah. Here's the thing that I got on this one. Um, I really just don't want to give Bobby any confidence. He's convinced that these running backs that he has on his team are, are significantly better than everybody else. And it's just, he's so wrong about it. It's not even funny. And Brees Hall is one of them. Now, I don't think he's completely wrong about Brees Hall in its entirety. Uh, I Joe, just... here's here's a question for you. How, what percent of snaps was Brees Hall involved on last week? Uh, well, the, here's what I was, John, first of all, I'm picking you. Okay. Um, and I'm picking you because I agree with you. I think this it's it's um I don't think I think Brees Hall longevity I'd rather have, no doubt. Um as the season goes on, I think he'll be more involved. But I, I wanna say, dude, what was he, twenty percent of the plays he was on the field? Brees Hall was twenty five percent last week. Yeah. So he, but, he was, but you know, hold on, not the same. But he got half of the he got half of the running back work. Well, of course he did. Because he's half of the running backs there. Okay, yeah, I'm the week before he got thirty seven percent of the work in week one. Week two that jumped up thirteen percent to half of the work. His his usage is increasing in this offense week to week, and and he and plays as I for said, the, the New York sorry, Jets. They will they will be up. losing this game at the end of it, and the running back will not be on the field. They passed it, Bob. Here's another stat I didn't get into. They passed it 59 times in game one, 44 times in game two. Or sorry, that was reversed. No, it wasn't. That was the right stat. That, they, they just don't – they're going to be behind. It's just like the Vikings. The other Last night, the Vikings got another game plan, which is probably to, to run the ball at least a little bit. And they no, the Vikings have nothing to offense. do with these games. I'm just saying it's if you get behind in a game – and you get behind enough, and you're not making first downs in the first couple drives, you start to get panicked, and you throw the ball, and they just don't get involved. And that's what might happen with, with Hall. So I'm, I'm with McKissick this week. I think he's just more involved regardless. We're talking PPR scoring here. At the end of the day, McKissick is a passing down back, and he will be on the field 33% of the time, no matter what happens. So I like McKissick between the two. Who do you like on mine, John? It's up to you. I have to go with Pollard because I don't like Hall this week. All right, there we go. Let's get into wide receivers. Who's first this time? Who hasn't gone yet? 
You. Oh, well, then it's me. All right, so this week I'm going with, uh, and I'm actually a little shocked that he's as low as he is on this, uh, Curse Samuel. So if you look at PPR rankings, they have him averaged at 28th. Um, and I, I do think if you're looking at your team, uh, Curtis Samuel is probably your fifth wide receiver you picked at the beginning of the year. Um, and I want to take a little bit of time to talk about him so that you understand what he's going to be moving forward. So a couple quick stats on him. First two weeks of the season, he's, uh, he's got 20 targets. That's 11 and 9 through two weeks. He's caught the ball 15 times. He's got two touchdowns, one in each game. Here's another piece. He's rushed the ball five times in two games. Average fantasy points at 17 fantasy points he's averaged per game. So what I'm, I'm mentioning him. He's ranked 28th. Um, I think his ranking over time will go up. I want to just say one quick thing about Curtis Samuel. Not only do I like him this week, but I like him to be a stand pat wide receiver to the rest of the season. So I think he's somebody that just the involvement that he has uh, in this offense is it's more than freaking McLaurin, dude. So I, I honestly think he is the highest scoring wide receiver on Washington the remainder of the season. Ooh, it'll be close between him and Dotson, but I, you're not wrong. I thought I might get Bobby to bet me there, but I didn't, so that's okay. So anyway, Samuel's my guy. Who do we got next? Um, I'll jump in here. I went with Jacoby Myers this week. Uh, reason is twofold. First, uh, through two games, he has 19 targets um, plus a carry. So he has 20 touches in two games. If he gets at least 10 uh, or 20 targets, whatever, 19 targets and a carry. Um, if he continues that kind of a usage where he gets about eight catches or so, uh, that's a nice solid floor to start out with in a full point PPR. Add on some yardage to that. And oh, by the way, they're playing the Ravens, who have allowed 20 and 25 receptions to wide receivers. And that was against the Jets in Miami. Um, they've allowed over 580 yards already through the air in those two games. Not that it's going to be like some air raid offense here that New England's going to come out with. But uh, this is a team known for exploiting the weaknesses of another team. And this just seems like that glaring weakness. Even if you take out the five touchdowns that they allowed through the air against Miami, my, the, the wide receivers scored 62 points uh, last week and 41 and a half the week before. So you're talking, you know, average that out 50 points <laughs> um, or so just through receptions and yards alone. Um, you know, spread that out across this offense. Jacoby Myers is going to hit double digits. He'll be close to potentially even 20 points this week. Um, and he's already wide receiver 23 on the season with 10 and 18 and a half points through two. And he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. Um, his usage says that he should score by now, and I see that coming this week along with uh, a 100-yard game. Good. I like it, John. All right, we're all sticking the same range. I'm going with – I feel like we've all picked 
wide receivers with terrible quarterbacks too. So I'm going to continue <laughs> that trend and go with DK Metcalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the main the main thing you look at with DK is that he's playing the Falcons, and the Falcons have shown consistently shown that they're terrible. They've allowed 34 receptions to their receivers, 400 yards, and tied for league high in five touchdowns to wide receivers. Metcalf has 13 targets on the year. I think we've seen kind of last week that Lockett was out targeting him last week, but I think that Seattle is going to. Um, look to have kind of a big bounce back game from DK since he's still seeing about seeing the field about 90% of the times. Um, so I think that kind of what we saw from um, like Devonte Smith last week, where they've been un- underutilizing some of their stars. I think they're going to look to uh, really cash in on DK against a terrible Falcons defense. Good. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to pick mine first here. So I had a couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, First, Bobby Myers is not, and never will be Hill or Waddle. Okay. So I'm not saying that they are. I know, but you're using them as a reference to how bad they destroyed Baltimore. Should should I refer to them against San Francisco who they haven't played? No, no, no. Rather I do that. I mean, this is the problem, Bobby. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the, the parameter talent, that I have. Okay, the talent that is there for that person to score, like I, I just don't think Myers is is that talented, personally. So, like you said, he's going to score 20 points. I I just don't see that. I don't even think he'll. I, I mean, maybe 15 because he's just going to get some volume because they might be losing that game. I but say he gets over 15 points. I say he doesn't get 20. Uh, you said 15. I said maybe 15, but I don't you think said he, he gets... maybe gets 15. And that you, means you don't hey, think he'll hey, get listen, even 15. Listen, you're the guy you that's going and saying he's going to get 20. Bobby, you said right. he's going to get 20. 17 so... and a half. No, 20. You said Stand by your word, Bobby. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm splitting the difference. Stand by your word, Bobby. No, I'm not splitting the difference because I'm not the one that made the bold statement that you he's just scored made a 20 bold points. Statement. You just I made did, a me saying that statement. the guy that's averaging 15 points a week in fantasy football is going to get 15 points is not a bold statement. You, <laughs> you just said that he won't even see that. All You'd right, be surprised. So let's no move on. Yeah, I'll take the bet for 20, Bobby, but I'm not taking it 17 for 15 and a half. No, I don't. So no, like, no bet. No, no bet. Wow, no bet. We're not going down. Anyway, what he, a coward! <laughs> says the guy. Don't even get me started. Anyway, so Myers is out for me just on pure. I just don't think he's going to have the same opportunity. You think that he's not going to be anywhere near Hill or Waddle? Just the style and what he's used, how he's used. Uh, now on the other side, DK, I do think uh, I agree with you, John. Will be more heavily involved offensively. Uh, they are in Seattle, and they're playing against a pretty poor defense in Atlanta. So I'm going with DK. Yeah, I feel like I want to see another kind of bad game from the Ravens before I kind of buy in that we should just play everyone who's going against the Ravens. I feel like some of that just has to be a fluke from, you know, going against Tyreek, so... I, I don't buy that. That's just a great matchup to target. Did you, did you see week one? Yeah. Again, another much more talented wide receiver that, that scored against them. Nobody scored a touchdown against them. Wide no, I'm saying wise. like scored points, Bobby scored points. Yeah, like the, for the Lions, for example, you're the saying Lions. the Jets. Well, yeah. No. When, 
when you're down yes. big and you throw the ball 59 times, one of your receivers can get a lot of points. They collectively, I'm saying all Jets wide receivers had 20 catches, 215 yards. That's 41.5 points. They so they had, the, Bobby, they they had 20 the catches on 59 times. passes. Yeah. Yep. Ringing endorsement. All right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm rushing their Samuel. secondary is terrible. You know what? You know what? 20 points. Book it. Let's it's go. Happening. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Done. Me got and Bobby it. got a bet. All right. Uh, Bobby, I guess you have to pick somebody. Samuel or DK? Um. DK, just so that John gets the point. <laughs> All right, John, why don't you start us off with tight ends? All right. Well, <laughs> forget everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore has a terrible defense. <laughs> Couldn't have gotten better. <laughs> They've allowed the most, the second most touchdowns to tight ends. <laughs> So we are going to go with Hunter Henry, who is guaranteed to get a touchdown based on Baltimore <laughs> allowing one touchdown per game. <laughs> oh, that was – I mean, we could – The analysis is there. Right? That was, that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Bobby, who do you got? <laughs> that was good. That was really good. Um all right, I went I went with Evan Ingram this week as my guy. They're playing against the Chargers. Um, they've allowed 11 catches to wide receivers so far this year, um, which, you know, that, that's a lot in two games to, to one position. Um, when the ball is thrown to Evan Ingram, it is caught. He had, in week one, four targets, four catches. Week two, eight targets, seven catches. Um, the, the floor is there, you know, again, full point PPR, Let, he's getting about, let's say, let's call it five catches a game. Um, if I'm getting that out of my tight end alone, uh, I'm getting, you know, somewhere around seven points, at least from five catches, um, in most cases. And so I see that happening here. Um, nice solid floor for him and his usage is, is just going up. We've also seen it with uh, Doug Peterson offenses. Uh, they utilize that tight end position quite frequently. Um, and so I, I just see that continuing in this situation. Good. All right. Um, my guy this week is uh, Tyler Conklin. So I'm sticking with my New York Jets trend here. Um, but let me tell you why. He has 16 targets over the first two weeks and a touchdown. Um, so just pure volume and target-wise – uh, if you're looking right now, he's ranked 18th out of all tight ends uh, for the week. I see him as a as a top 10, potentially top 10 wide receiver going against a Cincinnati defense um, that honestly, I just don't think has been all that great all season long. Um, but if he gets anywhere near the seven and nine targets that he got in the first two weeks, I think he has a decent chance of getting over 10 points for the week and being a good a good player, a good, you know, kind of a flyer start for you if you got somebody like. Dalton Schultz, for example, who may not play, um, he may be a good one to pick up and to look at the waiver wire for. Um, but honestly, it's Conklin, so don't expect too much. Um, 
That's all I got for that. I do want to mention well, a player. Well, then I'm voting for Conklin. But it's Conklin, so don't expect a lot. Well, I mean, I said 10 points. Like, that's – that's. But then but then you caveat the whole thing with, yeah, but don't, don't, don't expect much. Then well, 10 points isn't that much. It's good for a tight end, but it's not I'm that vote, much. I'm voting that's for Bobby. That's a lot for a tight that's end. Fine. That's fine. You know, who I really This year, that's about, a lot of points. You know who I really wanted to talk about, which I didn't, was Gerald Everett. By the way, he's ranked 13th. He should be much higher. Um, but that's all I'm going to say on Gerald Everett. Anyway, all right. I've obviously didn't get picked for Conklin. I don't think I will be by Bobby either. Um, no. I, why would you be? I, I know. So I'm going to pick between you two. Um, you know, I used to love Evan Ingram, right? Bobby remembers you, this yep. as I beat him in a bet for uh, the Evan Ingram uh, bet from years past. Um, but I do think uh, he, he'll be good as the season goes on. I do like the matchup better for John this week with Hunter Henry. Um, if I'm if I'm trying to fly a uh, tight end between Ingram and Henry based off of your arguments, I think I go with John's confidence and he will score you a touchdown this week, Hunter Henry. So John wins the tight ends. We go to busts. Who do we got? Who wants to take the first leap here? I can start. So I'm my bust is my favorite player in fantasy the last few years. I've wanted him on every team, but I feel like it's a tough matchup this week in that CMC. The Saints have only allowed six receptions to running backs. And it's not like they haven't played good running backs. They played Patterson, who is a wide receiver playing running back, and Fournette in Tampa Bay. And I think both of those games were kind of um, back and forth where you might expect more passes to go to running backs. But you still only see six receptions. And with that low volume of receptions, that really kind of limits CMC's floor that you rely on. So I think that he can easily kind of fall out of the running back one and kind of into that middling running back two this week. Got it. Nice. Joe, Joe, what do you got? All right, so I had a really tough time trying to figure out who I wanted my bus to be this week. Um, what I ended up with was Dalvin Cook, and it hurts for me to say this. Um, if you look statistically, and this is where my argument might be debunked, I might lose just because I'm saying it, but matchup-wise, they have the Detroit Lions ranked as the 32nd-ranked defense against running backs, which is not an argument to why I think he's going to be a bust. Um, I'm actually not making this argument based off that. The reason why they're ranked that way, just so people know, they gave up four rushing touchdowns against the Philadelphia Eagles, which that offense is just set up completely differently than what the Minnesota Vikings do, okay? If you have to defend a quarterback that is going to run the ball, it changes the way that defense plays. So I bring that up to bring this up. They allowed 88 rushing yards against the Washington Redskins. And overall... The Washington Red Detroit allowed 88 rushing yards against the Washington Redskins overall. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the what Washington team? Commanders. Okay, there you go. Overall, that's going to be more of a pace of play that I think this game might be. I do think it could potentially be a shootout. We've talked a little bit about that already. And honestly, the only way Dalvin Cook, I feel like moving forward in the reg- the rest of the season, is going to be effective and be useful in fantasy football is if the Vikings are winning the game. I hope they win. But I'm sorry, with last week, I just can't say that they will. So I think he is a definite potential to bust this week. Um, 
and I have him as my my bust for the week, just based off of usage and what we've seen from him so far in the season. Nice. All right, Bobby. I went with Saquon Barkley this week as my bust of the week. Um, throughout his career, he has only gotten two games over 100 yards rushing against Dallas in his career against this team. Uh, last year, he got a total of eight fantasy points in two games against them. And uh, actually, that, that same point total holds true over the last two seasons. Um, he has struggled mightily against this uh, Dallas defense, and they just seem to have his number for one reason or another. Um, you'll have to go back about three, four years to see a start-worthy game from him against Dallas. And this is a primetime game. Dallas is going to try everything they can to show up and show big. Um, the the uh, second day, or the uh, linebackers on this team are a good matchup against Barkley, and I see him kind of being that guy that gets shut down a bit. We're going to see the true New York Giants, um, that, that struggling offense, and uh, I see him, uh, you know, less than 12 points this next week here. Ooh, 12 points. I don't know. That's uh, 12 points is, I don't know. I know I was right last week with Javante Williams having under 10 points, but uh, 12's tough, Bobby. He could be there. Anyway, um, I'll go first on picking. I think you guys, I, honestly, I think all of us have picked um, people that are absolute bust candidates uh, for the week. I do think all of them have, you know, just not been phenomenal like we would expect. All of them are essentially first round running backs or could have been uh, this year in your respective drafts. Um, for my pick, though, I, I like Bobby. You made some really great points. Uh, and I think I have to go with Barkley. Because I think the floor for CMC is higher with the, you know, he's just involved more in the passing game. So I think I'm going with Bobby. Great points. Uh, yeah, the, the, the going back a couple years on Dallas, uh, really good points there. I, I do think Barkley would be a bigger bust than CMC this week. All right. Well, John, I'm going to have to give it to you because uh, I was going to pick McCaffrey. <laughs> I was going to um, pick McCaffrey, too. <laughs> I was going to pick McCaffrey, but I was like, I just did a whole hate thing on, like, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay, and I didn't want to, like, jump into that one again. I know this would have been a New Orleans defense kind of thing, but I figured I would feature somebody else. Um, and that and uh, Dalvin Cook is going up against the worst defense against running backs so it's highly suspect that Dalvin Cook will be a bust uh, this week I think he's gonna be a boom this week if he's anything at all um, so it it's just uh, John had a better argument and statistics say that uh, McCaffrey is more likely to bust this week. I just think the statistics are wrong on how bad Detroit's defense is. When you have two games in the season, in one game, they gave up four touchdowns on the ground. In one game, they allowed three. The other one, they allowed one. And that's rushing touchdowns. No, it was four rushing touchdowns. No, it wasn't. Not to running backs. 
I didn't say yeah. to running backs. I said rushing touchdowns. I'm, I'm talking specifically about just running backs. You just made me spill my drink, you little I, son of a bitch. I am in Minnesota. You were in Georgia. I made you do nothing. Yes, you, it was all your fault. This is It's like I'm talking to my wife now. Yeah. I'm using a <laughs> diaper. To just it kidding. Up. I love you, honey. Don't worry. She won't listen to this anyways. <laughs> I wonder if the wives do listen because that would be kind of funny. They definitely have better things to do. <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> if you're listening that. to this, squeeze Joe's Joey's left hand before you leave for work one of the days before the end of the week. There's no way to make it to the last 20 minutes. Joe, and Joe, you let us know if this happens or not. If she squeezes my hand randomly, yeah, your left gonna, hand before she's gonna squeeze my left hand, work. probably like. And not- <laughs> no, but then and then she'll say. Remember, you'd have better, you'd have better luck in saying if you're listening, give Joe a blowjob because that I'll remember. But the left hand squeeze, come on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> help a brother out here, Bobby. <laughs> I I do no assisting. <laughs> oh man, now I got to clean this all up. Anyway, all right. I don't know what we have to add for this week. You guys have any other comments before we sign off? No. I don't. I mean, I'm excited for this next week. We'll see what happens. Um, If you're um, 0-2, everything is going as planned. This is (laughs) You prepared for this. Um, I was 0-2 at the beginning of last season, and then I won 11 straight, and and then... uh, won a championship so it is possible it's it's doable it's not like in the nfl when you start 0 two and you don't make the playoff right so ever since did you see that stat ever since yeah i did it's crazy since, uh when was the last time an old team two team made the playoffs it's been a long never. time it's yeah. never happened in since the expansion yeah the seven teams and which you would think it gets easier then you would but no Apparently not. So sorry for those fans of 0-2 football team. But, uh, but yeah, I agree. Um, I do think this week is, you know, if you did struggle the first couple weeks, you, you know, this is the week, man. You need that team to start to come around, or you might need to start uh, making some big changes to your yep. squad. Use our sneaky plays and, and get it done. Yep, absolutely. John, anything else before we sign off? Yeah, Barkley has been more involved in the passing game this year than CMC. Baker Mayfield sucks. Sam Darnold's <laughs> going to come in in three to four weeks. <laughs> All right. So John wishes that I picked CMC. I legit, I'm not kidding. I was going to pick CMC as my bus this week. Yeah, it totally was too. Yeah. He was on my list. I'm like, ah, I'm going to leave. That's him why I'll, I picked. I'll that's why I picked else. John. John was right. Yeah. Instead of instead, you pick the guy who I think could easily be the number one running back this week. I think a lot of right. people think that, but that's where I'm saying I think they're just they're just going to be wrong on that, right? So, oh, so, so there's there's like forty options of running backs that could potentially. Yeah, but if you're gonna, no, there's not forty options of bust Joe, running backs. There is twelve, Dalvin, or 12 to fifteen yeah, options. Yeah, did you bust. hear that? Dalvin Cook is a bust because he was the number three running back this week instead of number one. No, no, no. I'm saying he... That's what I heard. I didn't say that. I think, no. First of all, I don't think I'm wrong. I do think based off of what I saw the other night, like they got to figure it out. Like I know I'm a Vikings fan, but 
they got to figure it out. And I just don't have confidence that they will. So that's why I'm picking him as a bust more than anything else. But I hope that I'm wrong. I really, really hope that I'm wrong. But I was right Man, last we've, week. We've really come far away where Joe believes in New York Jets and he doesn't believe in Dalvin Cook. God, if JC, yeah. our buddy that loves the Jets, listens to this, he's going to be so excited. God, if anyone's <laughs> made it this far, I just feel, <laughs> I just feel bad for them at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I enjoy it, as always. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Bye.